0: Would you please stand for the call of worship worship, which is printed in your bulletin? Jesus Christ has come into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and power in submission to him. Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Blessing the Lord,
1: wisdom and thanks.
0: honor, power, and strength be to our God forevermore. Alleluia. Amen. Alleluia. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your presence with us today. Help us to listen and to receive the words that you would like us to know in this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. We have come to worship Him in and, and all of His greatness and glory. And we're glad that you're here and a part of this worship service today. Let me uh, invite you to share a word of greeting with others who are here this morning. We do want to welcome you to our worship service today and uh, especially those of you who may be visiting on this holiday weekend. We pray that it's an opportunity for you to spend a little extra time maybe with family or friends. And uh, also an opportunity for us to uh, remember and to give thanks for those who have made great sacrifices for us and the freedom that uh, we enjoy. And so as we we gather for worship, we come in a spirit of gratitude. Uh, Also, uh, this is a a special day for us. This is a a Sunday that highlights the youth group in our church and particularly our seniors, and we'll be talking more about that in a few moments. But uh, as you will see as the service progresses, this is a service that is being, we're being led in worship by our youth group in a variety of ways, and we are so grateful for each of them and for their commitment to Christ, their commitment to the church. And uh, we uh, we give thanks for them and to Pastor John and his team as they work together with them. Uh, I do want to mention one thing. We uh, yesterday was the beginning of Ramadan and a time of prayer and fasting for Muslims around the world, and uh, we are joining Christians around the world who are praying for the Muslim world during these 30 days. And to help with that, there are booklets in the back table. There are booklets for adults, and there's also a supplemental booklet for children that will guide you through 30 days of prayer. And we invite you to take one of those today. If we run out, we'll order some more and get them to you. Just let us know. Also, uh, we are in the process of collecting our faith promise gifts for this coming year. And if you haven't had a chance yet to, uh, to turn that in, uh, there are some forms back there as well.
3: Good morning. I'm excited to share with you an update about what's been happening over the past couple of months with our Sunday school children. April was a very busy month in the CE building. We had lots of kids, lots of lessons, and lots of smiles. One of the biggest highlights last month was watching six of our youth get baptized Easter morning and hearing their testimonies of God's faithfulness. There's nothing sweeter than when our teachings transform into real life-changing faith. We're especially thankful for several people who've decided to invest in our children since my last update. From writing songs for the monthly memory verses to offering to fill in as substitutes, whether or not teaching is actually their thing, we couldn't provide such a rich environment for so many kids without them. We've been completely blessed by you, our church family. As May is also about to pass us by, our students have learned about the early church, they focused on how the early church began, how leaders were chosen, and specific teachings by Peter, John, and Stephen. We're looking forward to celebrating the end of our Sunday school year together with you on June 11th with our Welcome to Summer Potluck. We'd love for you to come, to enjoy a meal with us, and to say some kind words to the many who have helped with our year being successful. As I shared last time, we have loved learning the memory verses with the whole congregation. For the month of May, our verse has been Psalm 122.1. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. As we move towards June, we're going to be learning Acts 16.31. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. As our littlest attendees learn this verse, will you encourage them with us? Finding a child, practicing the verse together, just giving high fives. These little moments mean the world for our kids. Thank you.
4: Standing in the middle of the road?
5: Did Janice just kick him out of the car again and abandon him?
4: No, it's the boot drive for the new ambulance. Do, do you have any money?
5: I don't have any cash on me.
6: I...
4: Oh, do a, you do a U-turn, quick, quick.
5: Well, you know it's a good day when you get the last apple fritter in the case.
4: That'll be 79 cents, please.
5: Uh, um, can you put this. I have to go out to my car and get some change. Can you put that on like a pastry layaway plan for me while I...
4: army guy i'll give him some cash hold on a second oh no sadie cleaned me out of my last five dollar bills for a vanilla latte at java so i got nothing okay this is so embarrassing okay i'm just gonna walk by fast and not make eye contact There's a toll coming up.
5: Oh yeah. Um, can can, you, can I get some change?
4: I don't have my purse. Well, I,
5: look under the glove box in the seat, under the floor mat. We gotta have something in here. No,
4: I used all those quarters for the car wash. <sighs> you know, I don't usually like to say I told you so, but I knew we should have gotten the easy pass. That'll be sixteen thirty-five. Oh,
5: all right, Chicken mein. It's going to write you a check.
4: Uh, no checks, just cash only.
5: That's that's going to be a problem.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so romantic. Indeed, it's a wishing well, and I think you should make a wish. We should make a wish about us. Put a quarter in. Okay, I'm just oh, come on
5: I, I wish that I had something besides this safety pin in my pocket oh, so great to get together the food was fantastic
1: well, good. I'm glad that
5: we were all available on the same night yeah, and so yeah. hey looking at it's the bill it, it looks like uh, it it divides up perfectly. So if everyone has a 20, we'll have enough to leave a nice tip, too. So, uh, thank you. Oh,
4: Excellent. You know what? I promise what? this is the last time. Can you cover me? <sighs> oh, you can bring those right over here. Thank you. I know I packed a lot this trip. Uh, let me see. I've got a tip for you here. Oh, I don't. Um... I promise I'll tip you double next time I'm in town. Thanks. Oh, Kate, the offering plate's coming. Did you write the check this morning? Uh,
5: no, I th- thought y- I thought you did.
4: No, I didn't write the check. There must be an easier way.
5: We can't help you with donuts, tolls, and wishing wells, but we can help you with the offering. Starting next month, you'll be able to give your offering with an electronic funds transfer directly from your savings or checking account. The insert in this morning's bulletin provides you more information. You can also check with David Mercer or Troy Martin if you have other questions. Just think, you'll never have to be embarrassed again, at least at church.
7: scripture reading today is from psalms 42 as the deer pants for streams of water so my soul pants for you O god my soul thirsts for god for the living god when can i go and meet with god my tears have been my food day and night while men say to me all day long where is your god these things i remember as i pour out my soul how i used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you so downcast, O oh my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from the Mount Mizar. Deep calls the deep and the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to the God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed, within me. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the word of the Lord.
0: As the Eshers come forward to assist us in our tithes and offering, please stand for the doxology and remain standing for the prayer to follow. Jesus, we are so grateful for your many blessings you have given us. Help us to be filled with joy as we give back to you. Please use these gifts to further your work in the world. Amen.
2: so good to remember that God remembers us. In all of our struggles and burdens, He does not disregard our causes or ignore us. He is with us every moment. And because we know that, we can come to Him in confidence that when we confess our sins, He hears us and He forgives us. So let me invite you to join me in the prayer of confession that is printed in your bulletin as we pray together. Let's pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, mind, and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Fill us with desire to want you to change what we are and to direct what we shall be so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Father, we come this morning recognizing our need for you, our need for you in this world, our need for you in this place, our need for you in our lives. We live in a world that is so filled with pain and heartache, with death and destruction with insecurity and fear. And we pray for the needs of this world. We think of people, the church in Egypt that is grieving the attack this week that killed almost 30 Christians, injured others. It's hard for us to comprehend this kind of activity, but we know what happens. And we pray, Father, that you will give peace and comfort to all who are grieving, healing to those who have been injured. And your presence, your spirit of forgiveness for those who are so close to these circumstances. We pray, Father, that you will bless your church that deals with these kinds of things on a daily basis. We think right now, even during this time of Ramadan and and the time when, when the Muslim world is, is fasting and praying, we pray, Father, that you will give us grace to pray for the Muslim world, to pray for hearts of love, to pray for, to be a, a presence of peace, A presence of grace and love. And that your church around the world will exude your spirit wherever we are. We pray for your church. We think especially of the Rodrigos as they minister in Sri Lanka. Give them health and strength and spiritual insight to meet the challenges that are before them, and help us as a church to embrace uh, this call to, to go above and beyond what we might normally give and to trust you for our faith promise that will help support missionaries and workers in this country and in other countries. Father, we also want to give you thanks today for the freedoms that we that we enjoy and often take for granted. We thank you for those who have sacrificed, for families that have suffered, for people who have given of themselves that we might have freedom. Particularly on this weekend, we pray that you will give us grateful hearts. Father, you know we come with needs, burdens, insecurities, pains, fears, we pray, Father, that you will bring comfort to all who are grieving. We pray that you will bring healing to all who are struggling with health issues. We pray especially for Ellis Brotsman and Brian Maston, Chuck Barrett, Joe Breton, Cheryl O'Brien, Store Emmett, Ben King and Doris Seppian, Isla Shea, Sheldon Emerson, Laurel Bucher. Prayer pray for Bill Getty, Warren and Ella Woolsey, for Phil Muker and Mike Raybuck, for Beverett, Micah Christensen, Linda Roth, Dick Gould, Emily Cricklar, and others, and ask for your healing grace upon each of them. We pray, Father, for uh, uh, the ministries of our church, and as we think about our children, our youth, and the great blessing you've given us, the great privilege, and also the great responsibility to nurture our children and youth in their faith we ask that you would give us grace to do just that. And we pray for churches around us. We think of the Hess Road Wesleyan Church up in Appleton. Pastor Joe Payne, may your grace be upon them. That they would be united in your love and share that love with each other and with others. Father, thank you for being present with us today. We ask that you would give us grace to serve you as we serve one another. And we pray all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who teaches us the model for prayer, which we now pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
8: Okay, at this time I'd like to invite our seniors to come forward, our uh, high school graduating seniors. We're going to come forward and stand right here at the front of the church. Aren't they beautiful? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. As I uh, thought about, was thinking about this uh, portion of our service this morning, it uh, reminded me a little bit of when we do infant or child dedications, right? And we bring a child to the front, and Pastor Wes reminds us as a congregation, he reminds us first that God is at work in their in their lives already, right? Even as little ones. He's at work and he continues his work. He's faithful. And then he reminds us as a body that we have a responsibility, right? To support and to love and to encourage children as they grow. And these students, uh, some of them, of course, have been with us their whole lives. Some of them are have only been with us a shorter period of time. But these two things are still true. God is at work. He is close to each one. He's faithful. And we have a continued responsibility. Now Even though they're adults now, they're not children anymore, but we have a responsibility to be the body of Christ alongside them, to support, to love, to uh, be in community with them. And so we're going to take a few moments now to say to them, to you guys, we love you. Our prayers go with you we want to spend a few minutes in prayer for you. But before we do that, we're gonna pass the microphone so you can kind of hopefully put a name to a face maybe and uh, know, uh, you know, continue to be in prayer for them.
1: Hi everybody, my name is Mohammed and I'm a Horton Academy senior and I'm going to Miami University in
9: Ohio, not in Florida. <laughs>
1: Hi,
8: my name is Chibi. I'm graduating from Houghton. I'm going to King's College, Pennsylvania in the fall.
3: Hello, my name is Bumna Hailey
2: And I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. And I will be going to college somewhere.
1: <laughs> my name is Frank. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to University of Massachusetts.
9: My name is Lawrence. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to Bentley University in Boston.
0: Uh, my
10: name is Kiwi. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and I'm going to
0: University of Massachusetts, Boston.
9: Uh, my name is Tim. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and I'm going to Indiana University of Bloomington.
2: Hi, my name is Anderson. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm moving to Jacksonville University in Florida. Um, my name is Or and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to St. Joseph University.
7: My
10: name's Alice, and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to University of California at Santa Barbara. I'm here from Houghton Academy, and I'll be attending Wheaton College next year.
0: Uh, my name is Marlene. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to AIC, American International College, Massachusetts. My name is Amanda. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm moving to Canada, but I don't know where yet. My name is Nikki. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to Arizona State University.
10: My name is Min and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'll be attending to the college in Texas. My name is Anais, and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'll be attending em- <laughs> Emerson. My name is Allie Stevek. I'm graduating as a homeschooler, and in the fall I will be going to Houghton College. Hi, I'm Tess. I graduated from Fillmore, and I'm also going to Houghton.
7: Hi, I'm Lydia. I'm graduating from Fillmore, and I'm going to a Bible school in England.
1: Hi, I'm Micah. I'm graduating from Fillmore, and I'm going to that Bible school with Lydia.
8: All right, so there you have it. And we're going we're gonna to take a few moments now to pray for these students. So I'm going to ask them to turn around and kneel at the altar there. And I'm going to have you guys, friends and family, or even if you're just interested to come forward, we're going to lay hands on them. And I've asked a few people to pray. And let's just spend a few moments sending them off with prayer.
4: Let's pray together. Father, as we look at these beautiful young women and men in front of us this morning, we want to ask for your blessing upon them. Please allow them to feel a measure of your presence everywhere they go. Please remind them constantly of our love for them and, most importantly, your love for them. Lord, I ask that as they move away from here, that just a part of them would just remain here in this church, in this place, where many of them have heard you for the first time, and I pray that that seed that was planted would grow and that you would always be a part of their lives, and I pray this in Jesus' name.
6: Lord, we're amazed that you bring the world to us from all sides of the globe. Thank you for each of these young people from local and from around the world. Thank you for their families, for their countries. We pray for peace and we pray for uh, our world to turn to you in these times of need. Thank you most of all that you go with them as has already been prayed, that you will be close to them, they'll turn their eyes towards you every step of the way. Right away, as they graduate, and even three, four years from now, they'll still be looking to Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray.
2: Father, I pray that you'd help every one of these graduates to always know that your pathway for them is the way of life, the way of deep inner joy, of love, and of your grace. And in the moments when they come to Forks in the Road, may they remember that truth. And give them the grace to see it and to respond. And may they know your blessing upon their lives each and every day through Christ.
6: Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for each one of these young people. They've come to us from across the street, around the world. And yet, we believe that none of the journeys are by accident. You have brought them here at this time and place for your purposes. Thank you for the opportunities that we've had to laugh with them, to cry with them, to encourage them and confront them. And I pray that as they go forward into environments that will be very different from what they've been experiencing, that they will be very conscious of the need to find good friends, to find groups on the university campuses, college campuses that will encourage them and help them that as they face the inevitable struggles of changing uh, environments of college life, etc., that they would be conscious of the things they have learned here and would seek to apply them in their lives to become your children for your kingdom's sake, I pray. Amen.
9: Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for each of these young men and women. Uh, We thank you for The difference they've made in our lives, the opportunities we've had to get to know them, to spend time with them, and and, uh, hopefully make a difference in their lives. We're also very thankful for the way they've impacted our lives and enriched our lives. We pray that you uh, would uh, send each of these students out with the assurance that uh, you love them more than they can imagine, uh, and desire to walk alongside each and every one of them as they pursue their education and the rest of their lives. Um, but also we pray that they know that they are, are surrounded by family and friends here in Houghton that love and care for them, um, and uh, we'll be keeping them in our prayers and all that they do.
8: Amen. Again, Father, we thank you for this group of young people. We ask for your blessing on them now in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: stand and sing with us.
10: Earlier this week, I was trying to come up with a title for this sermon. I was talking with my mom about it, and we were saying, what about longing for God? At this point, my six-year-old brother piped up. Longing for God? He said, what do you mean? Everybody longs for God. He said this very condescendingly, as if unimpressed that I even needed to discuss it. But he's right. I think all of us, at some time, have felt far from God. I remember being at a teen worship service a few years ago, singing praise songs. The band was playing soft music, and the speaker had just delivered a powerful message. I remembered that in the past, this had made me feel close to God, but at the moment, I was feeling farther from God than I had in a long time. It's something we all struggle with, knowing that God is there, but not really feeling that he is close by. It's hard to be aware every moment of every day, that God is with you, close to you. And maybe we can survive with this feeling of distance for a while. Assume that the longing we feel is for a friend or for a more fulfilling job, an interesting story to occupy our minds. But, as you've likely noticed, even when you attain any of those things, the longing doesn't go away. Maybe it wanes for a while, but before long, it's back again in full force. Longing almost seems to be an integral part of the human condition. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis that says, if we find in ourselves a longing that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. There's not a doubt in my mind that what we are really longing for so desperately and endlessly is God. That's what Psalm 42 is talking about, a deep longing for God, desperate, like deer in the desert, almost on the point of dying from thirst. This image is not supposed to be idyllic. This is not a deer in a lush forest. This is us calling out to God and saying, God, I am dehydrated to the point of death. Everywhere I look, it seems you are not there. And if you are not with me, I will die. This is the kind of longing you feel at the worst, most lonely times of your life. When you got that scary diagnosis, when you had to uproot your life and move to a new place when your friendship with someone important to you broke apart. What's interesting to notice is that even though we know God, we are not exempt from this longing. This is not a non-believer who feels something missing in their life. This is someone who has known and loved God for a long time, feeling empty and disconnected from God. In fact, the whole situation is made worse by the fact that it was not always like this. In the past, we felt connected to God, We are like the psalmist. We remember going to the house of God with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Maybe it wasn't very long ago. Maybe it's been quite a while and it's starting to feel inescapable. But either way, now we're feeling disconnected from God, looking around and wondering if it's just us, all alone with this aching longing. One of the things that I like about this psalm is that it openly acknowledges that we don't have it all figured out. Things aren't always great. We don't always feel close to God. We all know that the Christian life is not supposed to be easy, but it's reassuring to have someone else write about their intense loneliness and longing for God. It's important to remember that we are not alone in this. Is this longing then inevitable? Are we destined to feel as if we are interacting with God through a wall for as long as we are living on this earth? Is the kind of relationship with God that we want impossible given our fallen human condition? I'm convinced, for a number of reasons, that it's not. The most noteworthy being a man named Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence was a 17th century monk. He is best known for a collection of his teachings called Practicing the Presence of God. Brother Lawrence said that to be always aware of God's presence, we must be constantly in conversation with him. He communed with God always as he went about his work in the kitchen of the monastery. I think perhaps the most striking thing about this book is the tender language with which he describes his relationship with God. Brother Lawrence is described as loving God incessantly and endearingly. God and Brother Lawrence are described as friends and companions. Numerous times, the book tells of Brother Lawrence saying something to God in the same sort of way you might casually mention something to your friend or make a joke to your spouse about something passing at the time. And he says that there is no sweeter manner of living in the world than continuous communion with God. I can easily believe it. Isn't connection what we most crave? (sighs) To be known for who we are and loved just the same and never, never abandoned. This kind of relationship should be at its best with God, the all knowing, unfailing creator of the universe, who is perfect and will never leave us or misunderstand us. So, how do we attain this? How do we escape the longing and the loneliness? and finally feel the presence of God with us always? I think that's a question we will never stop answering, but there are some concrete pieces to it. The sixth verse of Psalm 42 reads, My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you, from the land of Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, Mount Mizar. I think there's an enormous amount hinging on that word, therefore. It's the the idea that you should proclaim God's power and beauty because You do not feel aware of his presence. It's the practice of remembering, saying, This is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob, the God of David, the God of Peter and Paul, and the God of me. When it feels the most like God is far away, that's when you deliberately remind yourself of who he is, of everything he has done in the past. Brother Lawrence said that the worst trial he could imagine was losing the sense of God's presence, but that he was so confident in God's greatness that he knew God would never leave him entirely. To be honest, the first time I read this book, I found it rather lacking. Specifically, I wanted it to give me concrete, personalized advice on exactly what I should be doing to be closer to God. But of course, this was not the case. I think to some degree, that's because there isn't any one answer. In the same way that there is no one all-encompassing path to becoming friends with a person, there is no one path to becoming friends with God. Every person is unique, and thus every person must find their own way to connect to the Creator. I sometimes like to do things like draw little symbols on my hands so that I'm reminded of God's love when I look at them. Or sometimes I like to just lie down in the grass in silence and feel the earth that God has made. And I think the most important thing to remember is that as much as you are desiring God, He is desiring you. In fact, God wants you even more than you want him. God doesn't just want you generally as one of millions and millions of people that he has made. He wants you, specifically, with your particular sense of humor, your taste in music, your strengths and weaknesses. And if God, the creator of the universe, the one who went so far as to become flesh and to die for us, wants to be close with you, there's no doubt about the outcome It's just a matter of when. We need not despair. God will not leave us comfortless. But still, there remains the question. If God wants to be close to us, and we want to be close to God, why does this distance remain? I don't have an easy answer to that. It's something I'm trying to figure out. I'm working away at it all the time, as the days and years go by. It comforts me to know that the possibility for a close friendship with God even exists but I'm very impatient, and I want it now. One thing I've been thinking about a lot lately that I feel relates to this question is the story of how Brother Lawrence converted. This story is so important that it's placed on the very first page of the book. According to the story, it all happened one winter day when he was 18, looking at a barren tree. This tree had no leaves or fruits or any sign of life at all, but he knew that in a few months, Spring would come, leaves would bud out, followed by flowers and fruit. It says that this gave him a profound impression of God's providence and a great love for him. There are two things about this that really strike me. The first is that it can be seen as a kind of metaphor for our spiritual lives. The same providence that blesses this tree with the assurance of future foliage also blesses us with the promise that our longing will not last forever. We are, many of us, accustomed to think of fall and winter as a sign of death, representing, in some ways, the fall of man. The leaves die and fall away, and everything gets cold. The birds leave, bugs die, and humans and other animals hibernate. The world looks pretty dead, and it's hard to believe that only a few months before, the same barren places were cloaked with color and life. But winter is, in its own way, a metaphor for life. Spring comes again, year after year, without fail. And winter is not the end of everything after all, but just another stage. Maybe you are going through a spiritual winter now, even at this moment, as I am talking to you. Let me assure you, the promise of spring is real. Winter will not last forever. The deer in the desert will find water, and you will be close with God again. The psalmist knows this saying that his soul is sad and disturbed, and then almost in the same breath, saying that he will, his hope is in God and he will praise him yet again. In fact, he calls God, God my rock, even while asking why, why God have you forgotten me? The intense pain and longing of this psalm coexists with this kind of calm hope that can only be rooted in assurance of God's good nature. The second thing about this story of Brother Lawrence's conversion that strikes me is how much wisdom he seems to get from this tree. He looks at this barren tree and is so impressed with what it says about God's goodness that his whole life has changed. He is never the same again, all because of a tree in winter, something we've all seen hundreds and hundreds of times. Nature has an endless supply of proverbs waiting for us. In fact, one of the important things to remember when you're feeling alone and far from God is that the world all around you is full of messages from God. Perhaps the robin outside your window, carefully building its nest with twigs, has something to tell you about God's paternal nature and his attention to detail. Or perhaps God is speaking to you through a person that you know, suddenly catching you off guard with the words of truth you most needed to hear. If you're like me, you'd probably like a bolt from the blue, a huge voice from the sky, telling you what you need to do Explaining everything, and most importantly, assuring you that God is near. The story of Paul on the road to Damascus has a certain appeal—the direct and unmistakable communication from the Lord. But there is a lot that God has to tell you in less obvious ways, through flowers, and little children, through the taste of chocolate, and the richness of colors everywhere. God is much closer than you may think. If you've been looking in the sky for a while and haven't found him there, try looking at the ground down at your feet. Notice how the worms blindly go about their ways without worrying. Perhaps they understand God's closeness and his protection much better than we do. Then, take what you have learned from worms and from the Bible and those with more wisdom than you and proclaim it from the heights of Hermon or perhaps from the hill nearest your house. My favorite part of this psalm, is verses 7 and 8. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I love this dual portrayal of God's nature. On the one hand, there's the deep, roaring waterfall of God's love and affection that overwhelms you until you wonder how you haven't just withered away under its strength. If you've ever been swimming in the ocean, you've probably experienced something like this. You're going along, everything is great, then suddenly a huge wave comes out of nowhere and pulls you off your feet. Then your head goes under, and no matter how much you kick, you can't do anything about it, and you probably swallow a lot of seawater. Your life flashes before your eyes, and then you come up again, sputtering and resolving never to leave dry land again. God's love is like that, overpowering, all-consuming, and frankly, sometimes a little bit terrifying, but in a good way. But on the other hand, we have this image of God directing his love throughout the day and singing over you at night. What I picture here is a loving mother, tending to her children with all the blessings of the day, and then, when all that is done, singing a lullaby to a worried and afraid child at bedtime. This verse makes me think of us as children, quietly singing God's lullaby all through the night, singing it back to him as a prayer. Perhaps it is this song that the psalmist is proclaiming from the heights of Hermon and Mount Mizar. Perhaps it is this lullaby that we are meant to repeat to ourselves to remind us that God is close, even when it doesn't feel like it. It's interesting to me that this passage is embedded in the middle of this psalm of worry and loneliness. The stool image of God's love as both powerful and gentle is perhaps why the psalmist is so sure that we should put our hope in God, so sure that we will yet be praising him. Our feelings change, we change, but God is constant. I hope it encourages you to know that the God of waterfalls and lullabies is with you, whether it feels like it or not. God loves you with the strength and roar of a wave and the tenderness of a mother, and he is always close by. Please pray with me. God, thank you for your everlasting love and for your presence with us. Please help us to be aware of you and to take comfort in who you are. Amen.
8: receive the benediction in your moments of longing know this the same providence that blesses the barren tree with the promise of future foliage also blesses you with the promise that your longing will not last forever go in peace
1: amen